Rusty Quill presents. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Minerva's Cocaine Elixir, the cure for idleness that will get your toes a-tappin'. Minerva's Cocaine Elixir, stimulant for man or beast that suppresses appetite and inspires the body's natural movements. Minerva's Elixirs, save your regrets for tomorrow. On a gloomy day where the sky is all gray, In a bustling metropolis, high above all the toil and success, stands a legendary hotel by the name of Duchess. Welcome back to Celine. Welcome in, fair guest. Come in, get settled. Give your weary feet a good rest. Are you here for the wormwood or refreshing steam at the Mollycoddle Spa? 
a cocktail or two with a carousel, or for the Galliard's famous vichyssoise. Or maybe just to escape, for a tryst, or a trap, for nefarious dealing, or just take a nap. Here to become someone else of different age, shape, or name, it doesn't matter to us, no one is to blame, if we can't quite make out the registry. Our man Winston will check you in and see you have every comfort and never a need. Never mind if at night you hear a scream or see the walls bleed. The Duchess, you see, has many moods all her own, and the guests flesh and blood or haunting or creeping, so you're never really ever alone. Don't mind it at all if the eyes follow you from a painting or two. They're just keeping an eye on the passerby, chips in the night. Just don't stain the carpet. Slip into the sheets of the bed and don't be off-put if something furry growls at you from under the covers. Was this really your room? What does it matter? It's all in good fun. A few days, a few nights, some debaucherous fun. Get away from your mundane life and go on the run. At the carousel bar with lights and painted fauna or deep in the mollycoddle spa where you can take a steam and a sauna a fandango or foxtrot at the Radiance Ballroom, at the shaky elevator like a wandering tomb. So come listen again for this new season of Celine. Come for a stay at the Duchess Hotel, where every floor is 13. We start this tale a few days before the annual Wormwood Revelry, a hedonistic scene to be seen. A few days into fall, where it's chilly and serene. No tale of Duchess would be complete, the tale of the one man dedicated to her sunny rain, snow, or sleet. Witness poor Winston, the night manager of the Duchess, who started his shift one evening, and it never ended. In his solitary plight, with bucket and mop up each floor, up each flight, he's so polite as he fights the spirits of the night and the appetites of the city's persona of the day. Ah, Winston, one of these days he'll get a good night's sleep. Oddly, no matter where he is, he's always there to pop up from behind the desk when someone needs checking in. Just down the hall from the lobby, in the kitchen of the famous hotel-restaurant Galliard, Chef R. Thurston in his quiche and his quail, with a sharpened edge of his knife, severed a snout and tail. Drop some herbs in his soup, drip an endive, a leek. Close your eyes, don't look so close, was that a claw or a beak? Don't you fret for a fraction of a feeling at all tastes divine. You soon find that you're free to stuff yourself silly with succulent treats and desserts that will bring deep and drastic deluge of dopamine, draining you of any dread and despondency. It's true. But if you're not too hungry and a drink's more your speed, slink or slide up to the carousel bar for a chat and a read. Cecil is a psychic, you see. He'll entertain you with a trick or a joke. And Lloyd will fix something fancy, give your spirit a good soak. The lights and the animals taken from the carousel on the boardwalk of old, and flanks the red curtain, and plays the calliope, I'm told. Escape your troubles or make new ones in this hideaway place. Pack your blindfolds and silk things, your furs, leather, and lace. Lovers of lovers and dark delicacies, or slip between strange sheets. Become a someone else and leave your old life down in the rain and puddles and streets. 
Write a book or a poem or just drink yourself silly. Hide away, run away with that new underbutler named Billy. The rich run around naked, it's a weekend affair. Cover bodies in paint or chocolate or just don't stare. Too long. A place haunted with ghosts and desires and everything in between. Here at the Duchess Hotel, where every floor is 13. It was just settling to dusk as the light dimmed in the window. As Cecil sat at the carousel bar of the Duchess Hotel, Lloyd in his sharp cocktail vest and round glasses shook a new creation out for Cecil to try. This one he called a cannibal dragonfly, a drink that hit you in the teeth and then nibbled on your insides. It's not fair, Cecil scratched his balding head and squirmed his frumpy shape into the zebra chair of the bar. It's not fair, Lloyd, Cecil said. All this fun and I never see any. Lloyd tasted his drink and gave a gentle grin above his sharp chin. Well, Mr. Cecil, you always start drinking just before dusk. Well, I'd say you're home in bed before dinner service is even finished. You don't stay for shows or any of the late night shenanigans. Don't hear me complaining. I always appreciate the company. Lloyd, you're always such a sweetie. It's just you always hear about something lascivious happening, and every time I'm here, it's as tame as this circus line. He pointed to the painted animals around the bar. Cecil pouted and looked out the big picture window to the outside sidewalk and all of the passers-by on their way home from work. Cecil unfolded a black linen bar napkin, leaned back in his chair, and draped it over his eyes. Held up a finger, and he shook it. A young professional woman with red hair walked past the large bar window looking out onto the sidewalk. She stopped for a second, looked at her shoe to see if she'd stepped in something, and then kept walking. That redhead beyond the glass thinks it's going to be from old age, but she's going to slip into a puddle. Light rain, and quietly slip into a puddle. Poor thing. Lloyd shivered. How do you know it's true, Mr. Cecil? Those are some powerful visions. Just don't ever tell me how I'm going to go. It's a gift, Lloyd, and I wouldn't want it to go to waste. Cecil pulled the napkin from his eyes and sat back up to take a draw off his drink. Lloyd shrugged and went to stuff olives with blue cheese for the signature bar hippopotamus martini. On the wall, next to the red curtain stage, was a glass case. Inside, a ventriloquist dummy sat on a tiny stool in a tuxedo. A label on the case read the name Mr. Rabbit. Mr. Rabbit was the companion of a very famous duo act graced the red curtains some time ago. First one, Mr. Rabbit. Here's mud in your eye. Cecil toasted the dummy and sipped at the cannibal dragonfly. Ooh, Lloyd. Delightful, Cecil celebrated in his lone chair. The lobby of the Duchess was warm with rich red carpeting, several impressive portraits tall with foreboding looks and serious colors, and a collection of comfortable couches near a healthy fire. A concierge and bell stand near the front doors and a wooden check-in desk with a wide-bound, thick registry guestbook on a rotating stand. Winston tugged at his goatee as he looked over the book, noting the check-in times against his pocket watch. He picked his head up and rushed through the lobby to the front doors, just in time to meet a party of guests. Welcome in. Welcome in, he said. We used to say welcome, but then it was welcome in, and so that's what we say now. Welcome to the Duchess Hotel. 
A well-dressed man and woman entered the lobby. The woman in a long coat, hair in a tight, dark bun, and sunglasses. She had black fringe swinging at her heels from under the long coat. Just behind her, a man in a sharp suit, sly cravat with a tie pin. Long white cuffs and white spats, whose hair was slicked back. He was carrying a wooden box. He looked around, set the box on the bellhop cart, and walked to the front desk. The man didn't make eye contact with Winston and barely made an X in the registry. Dropped a stack of bills on the desk. Winston nodded, folded the bills into the cash drawer. Mr. and Mrs. X, Winston said. We have a few of those. Here for the wormwood? he asked. What? Uh, yeah, sure, he answered. Winston handed them a large, heavy key on a weight with a red tassel at the bottom and showed them to the elevator. Elevator's just over there. Uh, Do enjoy a drink at the bar later. Lloyd can really conjure the spirits. Do let me know if you would like a reservation for dinner this evening at our restaurant, Galliard. We have a fantastic Molly Coddle spa and athletic club with every possible recreation, even a boxing ring. Medicine balls, a badminton court. They ignored him. Winston apologized. Sorry I can't uh, help you with the bags. We are a little short-staffed at the moment. I keep losing bellboys, he said with a nervous laugh. Winston closed the gate on the elevator, and the rickety box ascended with the two trapped inside. As I have hinted at previously, Celine is positively busting with memberships, clubs, societies, and guilds. All manner of groups and gatherings. You've heard about the Penguin Club or the Galvanists. We'll spend more time with the alchemists in their secret society later on. Some are silly for parties and some for interests or trades. And the two villains, Fred and Zuka, the couple making their way up the inside of the Duchess, were two members of a specialist society known as the Poisoner's Guild. There's a third member coming, but he's not here yet. These two, they're here for a very special reason. You see, every member of a guild usually has a special gift or talent. And Fred, the man in the suit, Fred's specialty as a poisoner, well, Fred was known as a factory man. You would think poisoner were about taking out some high-ranking diplomats with bad soup, and that would be true. But sometimes you might need to take out a large group of people and do it in a way that looked like an accident or coincidence. Fred had a knack for taking out buildings worth of people. Want a rival business to miss their deadline? Who'd poison out the entire assembly line? Fred was your guy. Now, Fred was really good at what he did. But he didn't know the explicit city plans for the water supply for a series of factory warehouses on the docks. And even though he knocked out a particular group of working men so that another group could break in and steal the plans to a new prototype, Fred did not know that the water supply piping was shared with the warehouse next door. And Fred inadvertently poisoned a group of the Duncan's Union boys. Now, the Duncans of Duncan's Matches were the most dangerous group in the city, outside maybe Minerva's. They were a vicious group of toughs and not to be messed with. From that slip-up, the Duncans had put a marker on Fred's life, a marker he couldn't clear himself, and one the rest of the Poisoner's Guild did not feel like covering. So Fred, his girl Zuka, and one other member of the Guild were coming to the Duchess to set up a high-stakes card game with one of the pit bosses of the Duncans. A gambling man by reputation, Digby Duncan loved a card game, and what they had in that box, he couldn't resist. 
The plan was to get Digby in debt in the card game and have him bet the marker to clear Fred. It was a risky gambit, but Fred was sure the prize they had in that box would bring Digby out. The fear was that Digby would bring some boys with him and the night would turn ugly. Fred and Zuka arrived at their room, locked the door behind them. Fred pushed the bed to the wall and dragged the table to the middle, setting up for the game. Zuka went into the bathroom and filled the tub with cold water while dumping in a bag full of salt. Back in the lobby, Winston checked his pocket watch and rushed across to the doors, just in time to open them for long-term resident Victor Venhausen, who was coming back from his afternoon circling the hotel with his deaf cat, Asterix. Victor rolled his wheelchair into the lobby, Asterix on his lap, sitting on top of tartan blanket, holding it with his claws as Victor shifted to get the wheels of his chair across the front door brace. Take this, he handed Winston an umbrella. It looks like rain, but hasn't built up the nerve. Victor rolled through the lobby. He pushed into the elevator and rode it up to his room. Unlocked the door with the key. He flopped Asterix on the bed and gave him a scratch. Asterix pushed himself over to his food dish and ate a few bites. Victor rolled himself over to his desk, his worn chip typewriter. A fresh blank page sitting in the roller. He reached past it and opened a bottle of vermouth and poured himself a glass to sip, pulled himself onto the edge of the bed, and he looked out the window into the gray late afternoon and watched the small drops collect on the glass as he waited for the rain. That evening, Charity Souter lounged in the library at Mulberry, reading a book of classics. She sat wrapped in a warm shawl next to the fire to escape the chill of the fall rain that had come on the late afternoon. She had grown quite comfortable in this place, looking after Enoch during the days, dinners with Edmund at night, and plenty of quiet time for reading. Enoch was sitting under the dinner table with a picture book. Edmund was in his office upstairs, looking over some ledgers of production from his textile factories. There was a ring at the door. Charity ignored it. Edmund didn't come down. The door opened and shut without any conversation. Charity thought it was one of the servants coming in the wrong door, or the reception of one of the occasional late-night deliveries. Charity went back to her book and her tea. Her finger healed up nicely so she could hold a cup again. She reached for her cup without looking, and felt a hand grace hers. It was soft but larger than hers. She looked up to see the most stunning green eyes of a wickedly handsome man staring back at her. Charity almost lost her breath. He smiled, and slowly withdrew his manicured hand. He didn't say anything, the two staring at each other for a long moment. Charity pulled her hand away and couldn't help but smile. I like that one. He pointed to the book in her lap. The suns are able to fall and rise. When that brief light has fallen for us, we must sleep a never-ending night. Give me a thousand kisses, then another hundred more. He quoted with a flourish of his hand to the air. His eyes were a shiny verdant, alive with vibrant life and mystery. A slight bronze to his skin, a slight beard and mustache that were as sharp as his wit. A mass of perfect windswept hair on his head. His coat had stylish brocade, a vest with soft buttons, and a white shirt, a little open. 
His smile was a wry smirk that started at the corner of his mouth and spread across his face until he let out a little laugh as he took her hand, then locked into her eyes and never removed them as he kissed it. Charity tried not to blush, but lost herself in the smell of his skin. The sandalwood oil rubbed into its perfection. Charity felt a warmth come over her. She sat down her tea and stood. Paris! Edmund Green entered the library, and both of them turned. You didn't tell me you were coming for a visit. Charity, this is my brother Paris. He's been away traveling for some time. Charity offered her hand, and Paris kissed it again, this time politely. How do you do? Charity managed to get out a very nice to make your acquaintance, she said. Edmund came in close and pushed in between them. Yes, I forgot. You've never actually met. This is Charity Souter, my governess. He dropped his voice at this last bit and furrowed his brow at Paris. Paris bowed. At your service, madam, he said. Paris is in town for the Wormwood and stopped by for some business, although I don't know what since you already received your allowance for this quarter. Edmund slipped in the jab at Paris, trying to knock him down a bit since he was clearly having an effect on Charity. Edmund ushered him towards the stairs. Well, you know where my office is. Why don't you head up there and I'll meet you? Did you want any refreshments? You still like chartreuse on ice? But of course. A true pleasure to meet you, madam. Until we meet again. Paris gave a small nod to Charity and left the room up the stairs past Mildred the Loom into Edmund's office. As soon as Paris was out of earshot, Edmund turned to Charity and whispered, Don't give him any money or valuables. He grasped her arm. Don't be fooled by his charms. He gave her a stern glance and then rushed up the stairs to keep an eye on Paris. Charity sat back down to her book, but realized her heart was beating faster than usual, and she was feeling a little flush. She looked back at her book and turned the page to the line Paris had recited, and she read it over and over and over. All these lovely little rooms where we can live our temporary lives and act out the plays of our passions. What lovely limbos where our imaginations can stretch out like paints on a canvas. What quiet thoughts are clouding in to form on the clean pages of Victor's typewriter. Will Winston be able to prepare every last detail for the guests of the Wormwood revelry? Will Factory Fred lure out Digby Duncan and spike him in a high-stakes card game to clear the marker on his life? And what prize is worthy of his life that he'd be willing to risk? Will Paris steal Charity's heart away from the comforts of Mulberry? So many rooms. So many stories. So many eyes. What flesh and blood and what spirits from past and present to tell the fiction from the lies. What tastes and delicacies. What romps and spins. Late night confessions. Drowned bottles dripping into the carpet. What's a few more stories to tell? from the 13th floor of the Duchess Hotel. Sign the entry and you'll see what I mean. Check into a room on the next episode of Celine.
Would you like a ticket to enjoy the revelry of Moonlight Affair? Our Patreon is a place where you can see all the sordid savagery and indecent decadence of the mysteries of our fair city. Want some answers for once? Solve the mysteries and share never-before-heard stories, music, and spectacle. Come be a part of Moonlight Affair, Silent Treatment, and Selene with the other spirits again and 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 again. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.